Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the fifth edition of Digital Detectives, brought to you by our terrific sponsor, Applied Discovery, an international leader in electronic discovery. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, we will be talking about a hot new topic, the archiving of social media sites for compliance and e-discovery purposes. We're pleased to have as our guest, Chase Reeves, the Director of Marketing at Iterasi, a web archiving company specializing in this kind of archiving. Welcome, Chase. Hi, John and Sharon. Pleasure to be here. It's kind of unusual for us to have a marketing person with us, Chase, but we had the pleasure of taking an online tour of Iterasi's product with you, and we enjoyed the tour so much uh, that we asked you to join us to talk primarily about this emerging field and, and then to tell us just a little bit about Iterasi's product. And I want our listeners not to worry because we are going to give a shout out to some of Iterasi's competitors by way of being fair about all this. So let's get into it. Um, we've heard a lot of buzz at conferences recently recently about the need to archive websites and social media. Why do you think this is suddenly so hot, Chase? Uh, it's a great question. And I think, you know, basically, it's starting to show up on the radar because this is important communication, you know, just like uh, I did with email and, and, you know, instant messaging and things like that. These are, you know, social media is an excellent place for companies, for businesses and government as well to interact with uh, their public, their constituency, their customers, etc. And as such, it is business communication. You are liable for that, right? So uh, because of those reasons, we're, we're seeing sort of a general turn towards like, okay, so how do we keep track of this stuff? Um, especially considering the sort of time-based nature of social media, like a, a tweet from Twitter, you it, you won't be able to find that after 10 days, you know, using ser- Twitter search features. Um, and of course, the, you know, regulatory agencies are also starting to become aware of that. And we see, you know, FINRA's notice 10-6, which doesn't say much else besides, hey, make sure that you at least have a uh, an archived version of this stuff. Make sure that you're at least recording these communications because you must in order to be compliant. Does that answer your question, Sharon? It, it, it does. I, I was actually going to tell the audience a story that's brand new coming out of New York, um, and, and this is uh, how a law firm got burned. Uh, there was a non-lawyer employee in the firm, and she was uh, alleged to have practiced law, to have taken money, given legal advice, etc., uh, and the bar brought some action, and apparently the attorney defended the employee vigorously uh, up right up until the moment when a Facebook uh public page was revealed which in which the employee said that she was a partner at a law firm uh, <laughs> that 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 kind of put the lie to was, was all it, of was that it the same, it, was it the same law firm <laughs> <laughs> it was that law firm so yeah. uh, you know that that just shows you even lawyers who have the duty to oversee their employees um, you know they they need to be checking so, social media sites and need to be aware there are so many problems not just from the discovery point of view uh, uh, but from a liability standpoint. Standpoint, you, you never know what's going on under your own nose. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, we've all seen, we see more and more of these cases, it feels like, every month now, and, and it's only going to continue. To, Facebook's only going to be used more and more and more in, the, in web pages, websites, and, and social media. They're only going to become more important in any case that's, that's going on. So um, I, think, I, I think for that reason, obviously, the, being able to archive that content, being able to you know, reproduce it in a way that you can take into court is very important. You know, Chase, on our forensic side of our, our business, uh, we've been asked several times to, to deal with website uh, preservation, et cetera, for, as far as for evidentiary purposes. And there certainly are some, some challenges to that. What, what are you running into as far as challenges uh, doing the sort of archiving of social media? Well, um, you know, by and large, a lot of it's very, very simple in terms of our technology can grab, you know, anything on the web, essentially. Um, so any of that public stuff, we it's it's pretty simple to to capture, especially since most of you know the, like Twitter for example, these are sites that are very easy easy to grab an archive of an individual tweet stuff like that. Um, so truth be told, I don't th- I don't think we're seeing a lot of challenges technically from archiving um, social media. There are a lot of great vendors out there who who have you know there's different ways of doing it where you can you know install a plugin on your or an application on your Facebook account, or then there's like the middleware approach, which Socialware, I believe, takes, which kind of captures that stuff before it actually goes out, you know, through the, the company sort of infrastructure. Um, so I think actually for us, the, the biggest challenge has been mostly in just educating and, and helping, you know, broker dealers and uh, companies things like this to, to understand the importance of keeping the stuff around because it's going to, it's going to get lost. Either it gets lost or it comes back and bites you in a way you don't want it to. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we, we've been looking around at this kind of software uh, because it is more and more becoming something that people are asking us to speak about. In fact, I'm shocked to find that social media is the number one topic we've spoken about in 2010. Um, it, it just shows you how amazingly hot it is in the e-discovery uh, world. Uh, but there are, there are some some challenges, and I know some companies have solved this challenge and some have not, Um, but one of the challenges is archiving in such a way that a page which runs a script, um, say a a stock ticker, just for example, can be archived with the data that would have shown up on the particular day, not run the script new. Um, How is that challenge being addressed, uh, Chase? That's one, one of the things I know that several of the companies have solved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the nature of, of web content in general, the technology of these websites, there's lots of different sort of moving pieces. Um, and there's many ways that you can create something dynamic like a stock ticker, which, you know, you, lo- you load the site, it goes out, it pings, it, it, you know, whatever server it pings to get the most recent information, right? Um, and then displays that to the, to the viewer as it renders the page. Well, that's obviously you know, information like that, or even just the weather. It, you know, m- making it more specific, I guess, it, almost more important. It could be, you know, um, anything from a, a list of current employees that that just dynamically does the same sort of thing, or or other important sort of reasons why you would want to make sure that you captured what was rendered and not, you know, the dynamic script itself, because that'll just keep. You can create an archive of that script, but it's going to continue to ping those servers and get the current information. Um, so what way that we've addressed that is through our what we call a true archive technology, where we actually we actually create an archived version of the rendered page through the browser itself, rather than you know 
capture all of all of the content behind there, all of the all of the code and and JavaScript and everything, and just kind of like when I replay it, I try to just replay all of that, and it, it's going to do exactly what it used to do. Um, so that's that's how we solved that problem. I've heard from uh, I, I have seen you know press releases from other vendors saying that that they um, they you know have that problem solved as well. Um, I, I'm not sure how they do it since since we're the, our true archive process really is is different than um, other other methods, more traditional methods of creating archive pages, and both they, they both you know are heading towards the same goal. It's just we've developed this because we've had to archive a lot more pages and and, and work with a lot more people. So um, we needed to you know really sort of make something strong, for, specifically for reasons like this. You know because the web is is has so many moving pieces. We had to build this whole front end sort of engine on top of stuff, and that's what that's what you know captures a render page instead of capturing all of that dynamic stuff that continues to, you know, continues to move after it's been archived. Does that make sense? It does, and and I did want to mention that one other company that we are particularly aware of that has solved the problem, and I think using an entirely different technology is is Hanzo, which is a British company, uh, but they can store your your data in the United States by request, and and I know they do uh, Coca Cola, but we also took a tour of them, and Iterasi and Hanzo were uh, both marvelous products. Uh, and and John, I'll let you take over. I know you have a question. Sure. Um, obviously the, the social media companies like, like the Hanzo, et cetera, there's, they're supporting the, the big boys, I'll call them the Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Are there other social media sites that, that you've seen supported, Chase? Um, in terms of this is, this is one of the sort of, uh, this is one of the, I've been, I've been working in social media sort of areas for a long time. And I, I've, I see a lot of the, obviously from FINRA, from all of these regulatory agencies talking about what do we need to capture, and all they mention is Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I think that's actually uh, that's not the the best way to go uh, go about it because you know obviously these are these are very big here in the U.S., but internationally there are there are other huge social networks. And I just pulled up some stats, and like there's one called Habbo, H A B B O, and that has 162 million. Uh, uh, what do we call them? Members, right? Um, so, and then there's uh, Q Zone with 200 million, and Bebo with 117 million. A handful of these, you know. So businesses are trying to communicate through those to to the people because that's what social networking is for businesses. It's a great way to be transparent to to help people understand their products, etc. Um, so this focus here in the U.S. on the the big three, the big boys, like you say, is you know, yes, yes, we definitely want to get those. But if we just cut ourselves back to just those, I think we're missing part of the equation because the truth is it's not just the social network that is part of like the new social web. There's also, I mean, I think one of the most powerful tools for businesses is our blogs, you know, employee blogs and things like that, wikis, forums and stuff like this. How, you know, most of these guys that so, for instance, I mentioned Socialware before. They just archive. Uh, they do a great job of just archiving your social media stuff, right? But what about you know blogs, which is sort of an a, kind of considered a social technology on the web, and wikis and forums, and these are ever these are much. I think they're more important for me because um, a business can say more there, right, than in a 140 character tweet. Um, well, I, so, I, I think it, 
Chase, I think it's it's true that FINRA has already uh, decreed that the blogs, if they are a company-sponsored blogs, that they, they too much must be archived. So I think employers are catching up with that. That one actually came before the social media one yeah. um, because they're lumped in uh, together with uh, social media. Maybe, John, you want to ask... Uh, but, but, but it's uh, also good you know, ev- evidence, too, as well, from the other side, not just company-sponsored yes. blogs, but you know, individual people and having their blogs and putting their opinions out there. You know, you, you got the, the folks that were quote leaking things about apple you know a couple of years ago yeah. as an example yeah. well th- th- there there's a difference of course in archiving for compliance reasons and investigating for your own um who's mentioning you whether your employees have personal blogs that have public publicly accessible parts of their sites but uh, an- another area mm-hmm. in social media is is video which is generally now lumped in with social media uh, and particularly of course youtube being so popular so yeah. what what is the status in the industry of archiving video, Chase? You know, I think uh, I think there are definitely a few vendors out there that can handle that. I know we've uh, got in our labs here, sort of, uh, it will be released, released in the next version of the product, the ability to to capture and archive anything that you embed on, on some of the most pop- popular video sites like YouTube, Vimeo, stuff like that. If you if you put a video up there and then you embed that in your blog or or whatever, you have the option of saying, hey, capture videos, capture videos, do that, and, and we'll create an archived version of that video every time we uh, create an archive of the page. So, um, and, I, and I know that uh, others... I think I maybe I know that Hanzo has can do can do stuff like that. Um, they've been around for a while as well, so uh, their technology is very mature and um, possibly other guys like Page Freezer can can do something like this. But it, you know it, that's that's an important piece of the puzzle is, is the fact that you know video is one of the fastest growing things online in terms of communication. I mean the web is just about communication and businesses, uh, broker-dealers, things like that, they get excited about being able to communicate in new ways because they're more effective. Video's totally effective, so we've definitely built that into our product. I know others have as well. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Applied Discovery. Applied Discovery, a global leader in complex litigation preparation and management. Combines subject matter expertise and innovative e-discovery technology in a complete and proven process. From litigation readiness to collection, analytics, processing, document review, and production services, we manage your entire process with dedicated project managers to ensure quality and workflow efficiency. With our team, including former practicing attorneys and technology experts, Applied Discovery can help you successfully navigate the challenges of complex discovery. Discover Applied Discovery today at AppliedDiscovery.com. Need the latest on eDiscovery-related topics? Check out our new eDiscovery Center right here on the Legal Talk Network. You'll find podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more. Just visit our homepage at LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the eDiscovery Center logo. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today we're talking to Iterasi's Chase Reeves about social media archiving. Chase, if there are links within social media, can they be followed in the archive? And how many layers deep can you follow links? Uh, great question. You know, for so uh, you guys are on Twitter. You obviously know this, but for the for the for the viewers back home, in Twitter, it's very common to you know you 
to be talking about a, a blog post or a press release or something, and so you oftentimes will link to that. Um, hey, great article I just read on, on the Sensei blog about X, Y, or Z. Check it out. And then I put a link there. Um, well, what we built into our application is the ability to, if we're, if we're archiving your Twitter feed, um, for compliance purposes, you want to archive your tweets, uh, we, can, we automatically grab each one that comes through. And if there's any link that comes through that uh, in, in one of the tweets, We'll actually grab that page as well. We only do that. We only do we do whatever link is is in the tweet. You know, so there might be multiple. Um, so we'll grab all of those. But we don't. Then we don't continue to like sort of grab links off of that that page and off of that page and et cetera. You'd, you'd end up with the whole web, the whole internet at that point. <laughs> but um, we find that that that's just a you know, if you you know three years from now you get called into question for a handful of things that were going on on Twitter and someone followed or, or for other stuff. And someone finds out that you're tweeting about this link or that link or et cetera, you know, you, you can be, you can be protected by having archived versions of these things. And so we find that we, we, that's what we've built into our product. And uh, yeah, generally people are really excited about that because they know it's that just that little bit more mm-hmm. uh, protection, so to speak. Well, we're very, very happy to give Iterasi a moment in the sun, but out of fairness, can you identify some of your competitors so that our listeners would know how to contact the various folks, ask questions, and kind of do their, their comparisons? Absolutely. There are a handful of, uh, actually recently, a handful of, of, of new vendors that have showed up. Uh, you mentioned before Hanzo. They've been around for a long time. And um, we should definitely mention archive.org, the Internet Archive, the guys who have been archiving the web for an awful mm-hmm. long time. Um, and other than that, there's you know cloud preservation, um, Page Freezer. Then, then there's uh, a company called Alif Archives. I think they're based out of, out of Sweden. Um, so, a hand, there, there's there's definitely some some people to choose from in this space, and and kind of seems like there's there's more growing, more popping up every couple of months. How would you differentiate uh, your own software? Now you have permission to be a marketer. How would you differentiate <laughs> Iterasi software uh, from some of the solutions that some of these other companies have, Chase? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think, as I mentioned before, our, our true archive technology is sort of a different approach. It, it, I think it's more of a sort of industrial strength approach. You know, what, I, what do I mean by that? It means it, it, it can handle more, uh, more complex technologies, more, you know, you know, we've designed this thing to be able to, early on, to be able to create archives of a very complex, like a Google Maps setup. If you've got, you know, 35 homes you're looking at there and you want to archive this page, there used to be no way to send a link to that. So we created a way to archive that page um, and and capture capture everything that you see there. So because of of what we were doing early on, we developed a very powerful archiving engine. That That's now what we you know, are, are taking to our big corporate clients and, and, and running, you know, doing their entire website with stuff like that. So our, our true, true archive technology is definitely, uh, we're the only ones that do anything like it. Um, and then other than that, we have a really, really great console. Our, our, it's, it's beautiful to use. It's, it, you can see thumbnails of each of the pages you've archived. You can search through the whole thing, organizational tools, folders, tags, etc. That kind of stuff really kind of makes a, uh, any discovery, you know, worker in there going through trying to find stuff. What what do I export here and there and, and stuff like that? Um, we we definitely think that that workflow is an important part of the process. So our console reflects that. But uh, you know, like we, I mentioned, a bunch of other of the competition, they they all seem to have you know products that are maturing um, and 
and are definitely viable options. But that uh, that's definitely what sets us apart from the crowd is our true archive technology and our console. Great. Chase, I know you mentioned about video coming out or more video support in, your, in the next version uh, for the next release. Are there any other sort of secrets yeah. that you can let our, our listeners uh, know about? Yeah, one of the things that we're working on uh, right now is the ability to uh, export into some of the more common e-discovery review applications. So, uh, like a like a concordance, or uh, even like a Lexus Prelaw, or K-Cura's Relativity, things like that. Um, uh, even Clearwell, being able to to go directly from your web archive into your you know e-discovery review application and and just drop it into your workflow there as well is is definitely the next step for us. And um, we're definitely making some headway there. And, and we're excited about that because obviously that kind of completes the loop on, on some of this, uh, on that, that whole like e-discovery round tripping sort of thing. We're creating these archives and then we can, we can dump it all uh, with the index and everything and you replay all those pages, et cetera. So, you know, we're, we're excited about that one. You know, when we lecture, Chase, we, we tell people that social media is like a train that's left the station. Everybody knows it's left the station. So no matter how reluctantly they're climbing on board, they're climbing on board. But they have no idea where the train is going. They have no idea how to measure <laughs> ROI, yeah. um, re- re- return on investment. And, um, and and they really worry about the costs. Um, and I think archiving costs scare people. So could you tell us a little bit about your pricing model so listeners could get some idea of what this might cost? Yeah, absolutely. We our whole setup is is flexible and customized to you know individual customers' need. There's no, I mean, because we spend a lot of our time, you know, a lot of times customers come to us. They say we have this website, and we analyze the site, and we say, oh gosh, there's you know two hundred thousand pages on this, and we help them pull that down into the oh, I guess what we only wanted was the investor relations side of things, or you know the press releases or the blogs or, or something like that. So, or you know they might have twenty five small sites and things like that. So our our system is really flexible and. And we definitely price everything on a on a you know per customer basis, but to, I guess to throw out some uh, some number you know so it, it can it can range anywhere from like two hundred dollars a month to you know sixty to one hundred thousand dollars a month depending on what you're archiving obviously I mean if you want to be archiving video and all the documents on your site and all and that and that you know is a huge storage cost that still might be an important thing for you to archive and and you just have to pay for that. We'll, we help you kind of coach you along through that. But it's, you know, it's very, it's definitely varied between, you know, we have a handful of people coming in every week or month that are looking at, you know, maybe $50 to $200 a month to, to do, you know, a couple 30 page sites or something like that, all the way up to, you know, the big boys who need that protection and that might cost them, you know, anywhere to $20,000, a month. Yeah, I, I know it can be very, very expensive for the the Fortune 500 kind of companies. Um, I am going to offer our own prediction that all of this is pretty much in, in its infancy, and, and I'm sorry that we're running out of time because it's been fun talking about all of this. I think the developments in social media have, have come fast and furious in the last couple of years, uh, and I think there's a lot more to come. We sure want to thank you, Chase, for joining us today. This is an exciting new area, and this was a great introduction to social media archiving for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, we very much enjoyed talking with you. That does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all editions of this podcast at www.legaltalknetwork.com or on iTunes. 
And you can find out more about Sensei's Computer Forensics Technology and Security Services at www.senseient.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.